Hello, everybody. Welcome to Camel Call Friday. We're going to do things a little different today. Usually hear me and Evan talking about Campbell sports stuff. We'll do that in the uh, second half of the show, but we can't wait. We know you can't wait to uh, get to talking to some volleyball and joining me now. He has been here for a decade as Campbell's volleyball coach, and he just wrapped up the first ever regular season title in the history of Campbell Volleyball. He was rewarded for that with Coach of the Year honors. He is Greg Goral. And Coach, before we get to the exciting tournament that's coming up for you this weekend, another milestone you have hit here at Campbell. Talk about wrapping up that first ever tournament title or that first ever regular season title. I mean, it's exciting. Um, It's the first goal you set as a coach uh, to be able to put a complete season together better than anybody else in the conference is really hard to do. Uh, I think it uh, says a lot about our players being able to show up night in, night out and compete with the very best and knowing you're going to get the very best from our opponents, especially after winning last year uh, as much as we did. So uh, for our team to uh, go through the first half 8-0 and and then finish strong, and the only two matches we lost were in five, very close. Uh, but for us to sustain that for eight straight weeks um, was a really outstanding uh, attribute to this this group that we have. And I couldn't be more excited for them and the program, uh, as well as you know for our athletic department, our administrators, all the alumni that we've had. Uh, there have been just innumerable amounts of people that have put their blood and sweat into this program and and for it to finally pay off um, feels very rewarding. The tournament title always gets the the accolades because in a a one big lead lead that that Campbell um, is in right now in volleyball you go to the NCAA tournament before it but but you just kind of talked about how it was eight whole weeks it's a round robin so you play everybody on the road here at home it's physically daunting but it's mentally daunting too isn't it? Absolutely and uh, again, like once we get to November, uh, we've been doing this for three and a half months, uh, mentally f- and physically fatigued. You've got midterms, you've got grades, you've got a lot of the academic side of things that players are taking care of. And then just, um, you know, practicing every day, um, the fatigue from travel and matches uh, definitely takes a toll. And it, it is definitely a mental exercise as much as it is a physical exercise. And can you maintain your focus when you're exhausted, can you execute when you're exhausted, um, and um, you know beat the team that's fully energized, ready to come um, kick the crap out of you because you're number one. So um, for our team to handle all those challenges week in and week out has been uh, awesome. What's special about this team that has allowed them to do that? I think we've got so many great players at different positions that we can win a lot of different ways. Um, if it has to be a shootout, we can score with the best teams in, in the conference. Um, and we, we lead the conference in assists and right up there with kills. Um, but we're also the number one defensive team. So if we've got to grind out uh, long rallies that last 30, 40, 50 seconds um, with the ball going over the net, you know, seven, eight, nine times, we can do that as well. So. Um, we kind of morph into the type of team we need to be night in and night out to, to win a match. And um, that's 
that's unique. Um, there's some teams that are just all offense. Some teams are all ball control or all defense. And um, if we need to go get 16, 17 kills per set to win, we can do that. If we need to hold a team to zero, like we can do that as well. And you mentioned the statistics, and, and that's why you were so successful statistically is because you, you're so balanced. You, you, your squad leads the league in opponent hitting percentage. Those that uh, aren't familiar with volleyball stati statistics, that's basically ERA um, for your pitching staff, and it's a minuscule point, one, six, three. And then you're second in the league in hitting percentage. You lead the league in assists and blocks. There you go, defense and offense. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, it's I've always been – Defense first. You talk about defense winning championships. If you can't, if you're not going to allow your opponents to do what they want to do, it always gives you a chance um, to be in every match, and that's what we kind of instilled when I first got here, for sure. When we didn't have as much talent or athleticism, um, we wanted to be in every match, um, and now that's just part of the culture that we've built, and and now it's been refining the offense, and we have enough weapons um, from. Mel and, and Allie in the middle to all of our pins. Um, you know, opponents can take away one or two or possibly three of our attackers every night, but they can't take away everybody. And we can adjust our offense um, accordingly so that, you know, we can still find ways to score when we need to. Uh, coach, not only were, were you named Coach of the Year, I, I believe the first, uh, and yeah, here it is, the, the, the first Campbell Volleyball coach to be named Coach of the Year uh, since 1989. That was, was a time ago. Um, and then, two all total, there were eight postseason awards, which is another record in in Campbell volleyball history. It's got to be good that everybody almost was recognized for what they did by the conference. Yeah, and sometimes it's only limited by the number of people you can nominate. Uh, but it's just, again, a, a testament to the balance we have across the board and, and the number of quality players that we have. Uh, and you don't win awards if you're not successful and it takes everybody to be successful. I mean, there's plenty of nights where we had to sub um, on attackers or sub on setters, or you know, we need someone to go in in critical situations and serve a great ball. Uh, regardless of who it was, um, we have enough depth across the entire roster that um, night in and night out, we were getting contributions from everybody. And um, you know, even though we were balanced offensively, we had enough um, high efficiency hitters and enough hitters that score and enough clips that they were recognized for, for how well they do their job. When we go through these lists of, of accolades, Claire Ann, um, libero of the year, of course, and, um, and she's on the first team, but, but your seniors, Melody, first team, Layla, second team, Elise in the, uh, in the all in the all academic thing. When you think back to four years ago, your program was good. Your program was on the rise. It was not what it is now, as in terms of winning matches and 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 winning winning trophies. How did you convince the, 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 those freshmen to come here and believe in you and believe in Campbell? Uh, I mean, part of it was again, like we've got a lot of great parts to this university for for female student athletes. Um, our academics are very strong, especially in a lot of majors that females want to study. Uh, we've got a great smaller atmosphere in campus. We're close enough to Raleigh and the beach um, that there's plenty to do. And then uh, our facility is second to none in our conference for sure. Uh, and then we had already had a top 50 recruiting class right before this one with Sarah Kala 
and Sarah was a top 100 recruit in the country. And so as you know, of our five seniors, four of them are from Southern California and they knew who she was and knew like our program must be doing something right to get uh, a player of her caliber in the program. And so they all wanted to play with her, uh, but they all have their strengths as well. Uh, Melody just flies and has a great arm. Layla is a full six rotation outside that can do everything. Elise is a great ball control uh, defensive kid that just, she just goes. She's just a tough-minded kid that keeps balls off the floor. She's a great connector of people, um, always encouraging, always making sure people are on the same page and, and calm and poised back there. So, um, and including like Emily Mitter, you know, who starts as our setter. Yeah. Um, again, ju just goes about her job and expects everybody to do well. Um, there, there's just people that, that make sure that we're not uh, frantic on our side and that they are going to um, do everything they can to help us win. And the future bright as well. One of the things that you told us at the beginning was to win a regular season title, you got to have some depth, and you have some depth, and you put two on the all-freshman team. Yes, so uh, Gwen and Allie have done a great job from day one. Um, Gwen came to us from one of the best clubs in the entire country out of Chicago, uh, playing for um, Sports Performance's 18 Elite team. She had a teammate that's now on Wisconsin's roster, um, another one going to Iowa. There's just a list of, of quality players coming out of that club and specifically from her team. Um, so she was ready, uh, more ready than most freshmen to handle uh, what it would be like at the college level as far as the pace of the game, um, the power, um, the focus that you need night in, night out. Uh, and she's done a great job with it. Um, she, she can do everything as well, and, and she's got some fire to her. Um, and then Allie being 6'5", um, we needed her out there uh, for her size. Uh, we typically don't have that type of size in our program, but she was able to, again, anchor the defense. And then as we've gone through the season, uh, really provide her more opportunities to be offensive and score. But like uh, we knew if we put her in in August, by the time we got to November, she'd be someone we could rely on night in and night out. Um, to help us win a championship, and and her growth over these three uh, three three and a half months uh, has been outstanding. And again, like now, teams have to account for her just as much as they count, account for anybody else. And if they don't, she makes them pay. Um, and then she just shuts down a lot of attacking lanes and uh, angles that uh, otherwise you know people wouldn't get to. So, um, and again, like we still have a great setter in, in Maddie Converse that can come off the bench. Yep. Um, and then Abby Tuyo um, has gone in in some really critical situations for us, uh, whether it's on the left or the right or the back row, and provided sparks for our team, consistency. Um, she's just a very, very tough kid um, and someone that um, I don't hesitate to utilize regardless of the situation. So a great group of freshmen across the board. And that team travels the short distance uh, up to High Point. Um, High Point, even though the number two seed, um, it was a predetermined where the tournament was going to be. So, so High Point will be hosting the tournament. They're on the other side of the bracket. Just four teams make the tournament. You are one of them. Your first match against uh, against Charleston Southern. What do you have to do going into that one to advance to the championship? Uh, they've got uh, several great attackers that we have to slow down. Peyton Thompson. 
uh, first team all conference lefty, big arm, uh, lots of range, uh, really strong blocker as well. Uh, she is kind of the anchor of their offense. Uh, she gets balls when, when they need a kill. And so um, she is definitely someone that um, I think the last time out she had 24 kills or something like that. We just made her take a lot of swings to get them, uh, but she's still effective no matter what you try to do. Um, and then Indigo Young has been great in the middle for them, very dynamic, uh, explosive uh, attacker, and they put her in unique situations uh, running what we call zero tempo balls where she's in the air before the ball's even set. And she's so athletic that as soon as the ball gets there, she swings and the ball's gone. And so, uh, again, just someone uh, that hits for a really high percentage. Uh, I believe she was leading the conference in hitting percentage um, by the end of the year. And, and a very, very strong blocker as well. So those are the first two people we got to have to worry about. But the other thing is Charleston Sun is a great serving team. They're a great ball control team. So they're, they're in system a lot, and they can use all of their attackers. Um, so like, it's, it's, a, it's a very much a challenge for us especially how good their offense is. Um, but again, like we have to match up our defense with their offense. And if we can slow them down enough, then, then we have our opportunity to beat them. Um, but uh, more so than most teams in our conference, they're very offensive minded and uh, poses a great challenge to us that way. You won the first ever uh, conference tournament title um, with your Camels last year, advancing to the NCAA tournament. You followed that up with the first ever regular season title for this volleyball program. What's the conversation been this week, the, the motivation to go get tournament title number two for you and the team? Well, I think with any, any, any year, any season, um, you rely on your seniors, uh, knowing that this is their last opportunity um, to be a part of this program, be a part of this culture, be a part of something special. And for them to have that urgency um, and share it with the team is, is huge. Like, this is their last crack. And so uh, they, you know, they're going to go out swinging, and it really just instills in the rest of the team the urgency, the urgency that we need to play with if we want to go back to the NCAA tournament. And now we've gotten a taste of it. I think everybody knows what it feels like um, and the type of performances we need to have in order to get there. Um, so this week has really been um, more focused on execution um, and making sure we're sharp with what we're doing and um, being able to understand, like, going in this weekend, we're still going to get everybody's best shot, um, especially when we're not in our own gym, um, what that's going to take. And uh, I like the fact that we were just at High Point a few weeks ago and we were successful, we know we can, we can do what we need to in their gym and, and come away with a victory, um, regardless if it was by the slimmest of margins. I think you have to have that belief, um, and then you have to have um, people within the program that have that urgency to go win. He is the Big South Conference Coach of the Year, Greg Goral. He will make his run for back-to-back -back conference tournament titles following up the regular season title. It starts this Saturday, Campbell versus Charleston Southern. It'll be at High Point, 2 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. The championship match is on Sunday at 4 in High Point, also on ESPN+. Plus. Evan and I will be back to wrap up the show coming up after the break. This is Camel Call Friday.
Welcome back to Camel Call Friday. As he always does, Evan Budrovich joining the show. And Greg Gorl, obviously, you've covered this program more than anybody in his entire tenure. And so great to see someone that has worked so hard, especially at recruiting, see it pay off with two trophies so far. You and I were there Saturday night. The tears that came to his yeah. eyes were so genuine. Yeah. And he mentioned in this chat about the growth of the program from day one to now winning the conference title. They'd never won the regular season. So for him, that's another box he can check on the resume, another banner, another big moment. And, boy, if they could pull it off this weekend, that would be incredible. It would be incredible. What was incredible was our Campbell wrestling team on the uh, UFC fight pass last week. That was uh, sensational. The camo singlets were amazing. Right, right. That was that. The, now, the rain delay was tough. The rain delay was tough, which you thought, oh, it's in a hangar. It's wrestling. Oh, wait. We have a hurricane that is uh, that is blowing through. Campbell came up uh, just short against top 20 ranked uh, UNC, put up a good fight uh, against Michigan. And then in a in a season that has really two separate parts to it, they continue to go non-conference. They will have their first home match December 4th against Virginia. We're in that fun crossover season. And what an atmosphere. Yes, down at Fort Bragg for the Battle of Bragg was one thing for wrestling. But right here back at home. One of the best atmospheres I've ever been around. Basketball, period. Men's game or women's game. The, the, the women took on UCF, a team that was receiving votes in the top 25. They're going to be a Power 5 program next year when they join the Big 12. Yeah, and how about Campbell, that? A Big 12 program right? and a Big South program. And playing. Campbell went toe-to-toe with them, a chance to win at the end. Campbell did not play its best game by any means, 25 turnovers. But the atmosphere was amazing. It was great. And I give credit to Mike Minner and the football staff. They, they've had a tough year. And yep. for them to support another team and to be there at the end of the season, that's, the whole coaching staff was there. The girls fed off that. That was the immediate response after the game. Brittany Staves, Christabella Zuma, who had the game of her life, 20 points, five blocks, nearly 10 rebounds. And she's coming off an ACL tear. She looked amazing, Christabel. But you're right. Final inbound play to win it. UCF strips the ball and then the free throws and all that. But they literally could have won the game if you, you inbound that deep pass and make the layup. I think that's a, a great game because, again, we're past the point here at Campbell where moral victories mean something. But when you know you can go against uh, one of the top teams in a group of five conference that's as good as the American is, American's really good in, in women's basketball then you have a lot of confidence moving forward, and that's why you play games like that. But to play it at home is, is something, too, and it showed that, that, that people come out. I give Ronnie Fisher a ton of credit. Now, Pierre Miller helped set up this relationship, but for Ronnie to build a home-and-home home with Central Florida, not a lot of schools would do that, especially on the men's side, a little more on the women's side, but to play an elite, soon-to-be Power 5 school on your home court, people showed up for it. It's a name that people know. And, and sometimes that's undersold. Like, if you know NC State, you're going to go to Raleigh and watch them play. If you know Central Florida, you're going to come to Gore Arena and watch the Camels play. The girls loved it. The team played well. It, that's what you want in sports. And I'm talking to the coaches as I say this. We want to see matchups that people know the names of. It, it matters. It really does. And South Carolina State coming in this weekend. They got drubbed by North Carolina yesterday. Yeah. 93 to 25. Yep. So the uh, the Ronnie Fisher defense will try to get back on the winning track against South Carolina State. That is a Saturday at 2. 
the games at ESPN Plus. But but come and see this team again. If you if you haven't seen the Ronnie Fisher brand of basketball, and it's it's just uh, elite defense, literally, um, in the entire nation. So come on out and see it. They they will be at Virginia um, next week, which will again be another good test. And and with this team, they are in every game because of the uh, defense they play. Men's basketball really showed up. Similar, except at PNC Arena, a, a more hostile environment, obviously. They went toe-to-toe with NC State, Evan. Ended up losing by six. If you weren't really watching the game, you didn't know that Campbell led for eight and a half minutes of the first half. Campbell was down to possession, less than a minute to go in the game. They missed a bunch of free throws, or, or they would have beaten the Wolfpack. And that's the exciting part, too. The way Campbell plays with its Princeton offense, and they slow possession, they don't turn the ball over. We're going to be in every game this year. The way that Kevin McGeehan structured this offense, you work clock. It's sort of like playing Army or Navy in college football. It's a slow, methodical attack that wears down an opponent and makes you think mentally for 30 seconds at a time. We know how short my attention span is. I don't know how short it is for these 18-year-olds playing defense, but it truly does keep in every game. And Ricky Clemens has looked really good. Jesus is healthy, which is important. And the Jay Powell and... Some of these younger pieces are figuring it out. So, again, we'll see how they do at App State, but that tournament will tell you a lot about that's Big South quality teams all weekend. Yeah, Joshua Lusane played good, too. In that game, it was a a lot of the older guys for Campbell that stepped in. So it seems like the older guys are still there giving us what they're – I mean, Ricky Clemens playing back home in Raleigh. Cool moment for him. He had 18 points and also – um, eight assists, but yeah, but that was a good showing. Again, we talk about the moral victory part, but it was a Campbell team that almost took down an ACC team at their home. You, you mentioned that it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun weekend for Campbell, and we'll find out a lot more about this team really in the next week and a half. Well, we go up to App State. App State just be Louisville. I know Louisville has been having their problems with things. It's not the Louisville of old, but still to go on the road and to beat that team. Well, and that's time. a Dustin Kearns-led team yeah. who was yeah. at Presbyterian, rebuilt the program. They talk about stepping up the ladder. That's sort of their mantra. No doubt. He's a very good coach, and, and it'll start off with that quote-unquote best game of the tournament. Campbell takes on App State Friday at 7 on ESPN Plus and the Varsity Network. And then Southeastern Louisiana, that's a team that, if you don't know, they're pretty good um, from – uh, down in Louisiana, that'll be on Saturday at four, and then Kennesaw State. Is that you a might Big be South like, football game? That is, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Southeastern Louisiana takes on Campbell in basketball on on the fourth, and then Kennesaw State. They were one of the worst teams in all of college basketball. They won one game four years ago. That was the before COVID year. They have totally rebuilt that program. They are a good team. They almost got Florida. Uh, down in Gatorland earlier uh, this week. That's at 4 and noon. We will have enhanced audio coverage, fresh off the the press, some breaking news for you here on this Friday Camel Call. We will have uh, audio for you with a camera that will be following following the play from courtside because that is a tournament. They have a football game that day, and on Sunday everybody will, uh, will still be sleeping off the night before, so there is no ESPN Plus coverage. For Saturday and Sunday, but we'll have enhanced audio for free through GoCamels.com and the Varsity Network. The, the matchup that actually is interesting to me, you know how good Stetson's been this year? Yeah. The Sunday of Thanksgiving. They and are then the, they dynamite made... segue, Evan, if you're looking for something to do at Thanksgiving, we've got two home men's basketball games for you next week. If you live in this area, it's a great weekend for college basketball next week. You're right. Jacksonville is 
one of the best teams in the A-Sun. Yep. Stetson may be better than Jacksonville. Yep. They've looked really good in the non-conference. I'm around for Thanksgiving weekend. I, I'm just going to go to the games and enjoy it because the way we played against NC State, two really good A-Sun teams. Yeah. Now I get it. You may be traveling, but if you're in town, go to the games. It'll be worth your while. It's this Wednesday at home. Campbell takes on Jacksonville at 4 the day before Thanksgiving and then Sunday to end the holiday weekend, 1 o'clock. Again, Stetson on ESPN+. Plus. We'll also have radio coverage for you as well. Campbell football needing to get back on, on the winning track again. Me, me and you have both been talking um, over there at football, and um, injuries really plagued that team. It, it is what it is, but one thing that they can do differently this year, which you know, I had a long conversation today against Coach Minter. You know, I, it, was, it was, to me, a little bit of a throwaway at the end of our interview. Hey, what, what will uh, – what will a win mean? And and then he went on to say, you know, a win will make you feel good, and a win will make a big difference in the offseason. Because he said, you know what, you're going to take that first – we lose, we're going to take that first bite of turkey, and you're going to start thinking about the loss and the season and everything. This gives you momentum. It sends the seniors out on a high note. So uh, they'll still be playing for something when they go out of conference to take on uh, Delaware State this Saturday at 2. You mentioned the win at the end of the year. Think back to the last two or three seasons. You know, losing streaks have plagued this program at the end of the year. They want to finish out the year strong, clearly. And we've seen in stretches, like perhaps, really good football. And Mike has preached that all year long. Can we play four good quarters of football? The last three games, they've played three really good halves. Unfortunately, they've been in each different games. They've played one good half in each game. And, of course, we go back to the top ten game against Jackson State. They played really, really well for, for all four quarters, lost to a very good team, 22-14. to 14. But I think that's the thing that's almost been frustrating isn't the right word. Again, you know, we go through the laundry list of, of, of injuries that they have, including uh, their starting quarterback, uh, first-team preseason man, Haj Malik Williams. But, but the fact is that it's been there. It just hasn't been there for four quarters. And getting to a 5-6 and six record matters. Just from a outreach and how you visualize the program, I'll be curious this week, you know, how the offense looks. It's going to be a little different at the quarterback position and maybe a chance for different players to step in and play and, and show their presence. But, you know, 25 seniors, man, that was such a cool ceremony last Saturday. And, and, th- and that matters to them. You know, their last game, the Josh Johnsons, the Brevin Allens, the, those folks will play really hard in this final game. And the grinders, as we know, of the Campbell Athletics and, and any athletic department swimming who, who started their first – um, meet back on September 24th and will not end the conference through February. So they really go from fall to winter to spring. It's amazing what those women do. They'll go up to the Liberty Invite, and that's coming up this weekend um, from Friday through Sunday in Lynchburg, Virginia. They'll take a little bit of time out. They don't have a New Year's Day uh, meet this year, but then they will be back at home on January 14th. You mean a 10 a.m. New Year's Day meet like last year? And the year before that, I yeah, think, as I well. Mean, I, I get it. They're uber competitive, but yeah. Anyway. Yep. Liberty invite coming up um, this weekend. So much to go. You can always find all of it on GoCamels.com. And Evan has parade news for you because we cover everything here. Head to the Capitol on Saturday morning, 930 The Capitol, North Carolina, Raleigh. Sorry. Head to the Capitol building. The Raleigh Christmas Parade. It's for the first time ever. For the first time ever. Our Sound of the Sand Hills. There we go. Are marching down Hillsborough Street and up Fayetteville Street through the Capitol, 50,000 people will be there. And you'll see the Fighting Camel Band 
roaming around playing. They've been practicing four or five different songs. Now, it's sort of like Disneyland. It's the small world. You play the four or five songs. Sure. You repeat it. Okay. And you keep going down through the, the rhythm. But it's televised on ABC here in Raleigh. It's also on WRAL. You can watch there. So turn on the TV. You know, log online Wait, if we've you're got not local. T- t- two of our local our, our local stations are both televising it? Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> and then at the Campbell Law School, the Raleigh campus. Sure, which is in downtown. They go right by the band. So you can park there, set up, and watch. Okay. They'll have TV stations there filming and putting on the whole production. It's a really neat. I've never been yeah. in person. I know. So. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge affair. Like you go to it, and even if you're not a kid, you'll like it. Wow. Or you can watch it on one of the two local stations. I did not know that. That's that's fantastic. We're a great exposure for the university. Saturday morning at nine thirty. Sound of the Sandhills at Campbell Edu. All of uh, all of their social media outlets will have you fully covered. We'll have it. On o go ca- at go camels as uh, all the sports stuff going on this weekend. For Evan, I'm Chris. Greg Gorl saying so long. This has been Camel Call Friday.